the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Sass. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. We love Reese Witherspoon, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your own thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's episode, we'll be talking about How Do You Know? This movie was released in 2010. You can rent it on Amazon Prime. And Reese Witherspoon plays a character named Lisa. When pro athlete Lisa is dropped from her team, executive George is subpoenaed for crimes he did not commit, and pro baseball star Maddie gets into the mix, things get interesting. So if you have not seen this movie, now is your time to pause and go rent it on Amazon Prime. Otherwise, there will be spoilers. I think this is worth the watch. Yeah, I think so too. If you like rom-coms, like go into it expecting a very typical rom-com. It's nothing revolutionary. Just know that that's what you're getting into. And I think you'll be happy. Agreed. I also feel like maybe now is the time we should say, unfortunately... Anne and I both have COVID right now. (laughs) We made it two years. Well, Anne questionably had it at the very beginning, and I made it two years without having COVID, but here we are. We have it at the same time. We wish we were quarantined together, but unfortunately, we're still across the country from each other. But we are so dedicated to this podcast that (laughs) we are still recording our episode this week, even though we both might sound like men. Or our voices might give out at any moment. Yeah. So if our voices sound a little weird, if we are a little sniffly, that is why. (laughs) Please excuse it. (laughs) I always kind of enjoy when my, not that I enjoy being sick, but like, you know, when your voice is just like a different pitch in your ears. Yeah. And you're like, do I sound a little like raspy, a little sultry? Phoebe when she has a cold (laughs) and she all of a sudden has her like jazz voice. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Except I was like, on a work call earlier today and literally at one point no sound came out and I was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was presenting at nine o'clock this morning talking for an hour and it was rough. <laughs> I don't feel bad to be honest. Like I really don't, I have not felt bad, but I feel like I've like lost my voice or, or it's just like dropped a fifth. Yeah. Which yeah. is so strange because like I haven't had a cough. I haven't had a fever. Like uh, yeah. I've overall felt pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the one thing. I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> oh, man. The joys of podcasting. Love it. Uh, but we're okay. Thanks yeah. for bearing with us as we um, get through this episode. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Bright Endeavors. At Bright Endeavors, young moms join as production assistants who power the business and build the foundation for their own career. This fully paid transitional job training program blends classroom education and job training to create a positive learning and work environment for young moms. They hand pour amazing soy candles and all of their proceeds support their programming. You can shop for candles and read diffusers at brightendeavors.org and be sure to use code GIRLCRUSH15 for 15% off your order through May 15th, 2022. So to get us into the plot of how do you know, we'll start with our rating. We rated this an 8.25 out of 10. Yes. This is a strong score. I had not seen this movie yet. Had you? No. 
And you know how last week for Little Nicky, we thought that that movie was Big Daddy? Yes. Okay. For this movie, when I'm thinking back across all the Reese movies, <laughs> I mix this movie up with This Means War, which is a different, lesser quality rom-com in my yes, opinion. Yes, I know yes. we haven't reviewed it yet. So I forgot that I actually really liked this movie until we came back and like we're looking at these notes prior to recording. Yes. I also forgot how much I liked this one. And then I was like, saw our plot score and I was like, wow, this was a good movie. Wow. Did we like this? We liked this. (laughs) So the movie opens with a montage of a little girl growing up playing softball, eventually turning into Reese, who plays Lisa, being that little girl winning a gold medal in the Olympics. Mm. Do you ever play softball? Yes, I did. Much to my family's dismay. (laughs) I played through like sometime in junior high. I was awful. Like so terrible. I didn't really have a specific position. I thought that meant I was good because I could play anywhere. I think they were just trying to figure out where to put me. (laughs) Literally one time I played catcher. Like one a whole season I played catcher. (laughs) And like I am not a catcher. (laughs) But I realized I should quit softball when I found myself in the outfield praying for the ball not to be hit to me. Mm. I was like, please don't let it come here. Please don't let it come here. And then I was like, maybe I don't like softball. (laughs) And then I quit. And then my parents told me like a year later, they're like so happy that I quit softball because it was like such a drag to go to the games. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? No, I never did. The only team sport I played was choir. I love that. Honestly, you get a little bit of choir in young softball. I don't know if you ever went to see softball games, but like it was a huge thing in our softball league to do cheers on the sideline. Like as the batters were going up, your whole dugout would start doing softball cheers. Like there was a little froggy sitting on a wall. (laughs) Anyway, there's like a thousand of them. If you ever played softball, I'm sure that cheer means something to you. But I think that's why I liked it so much for the longest time. (laughs) We're like, it's an art. Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh. funny. So anyway, we see a few women trying to convince the new coach of Team USA to keep Lisa on the team. We find out she's 31, which apparently is like old in softball years, at least in this movie, which is insane. But these women talk about Lisa's amazing stats, her being an amazing role model. Like she's really an important person on their team. A man named George calls Lisa. George is played by Paul Rudd. And he basically calls her to tell her that he's not asking her out on a date. (laughs) Their friend, like, tried to set them up, but he wants to explore where this relationship that he has with another woman is going. So he's, like, calling to let her know (laughs) that he's not going to ask her out because he's, like, very thoughtful. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And Lisa's, like, mildly amused by this. She's like, all right, fine. And we get a little bit of a preview into what's happening in George's life because he gets a subpoena for the U.S. versus George Madison for wire fraud. Womp womp. (laughs) So we also meet Maddie, who's played by Owen Wilson, and he's a professional baseball player that Lisa's casually been dating. They've been on a couple of dates, and on this one date, she stays the night with him. She's also wearing this red dress. If you've seen any stills from the movie, she's probably in that red dress. And it's Mm. giving me like major high school musical vibes. Yes. She is just a, what's the character's name? (laughs) From high school musical? Yep. Gabriella? Gabriella. (laughs) (laughs) All I was picturing was Vanessa Ann Hudgens. And I thought, that's not the character's name. (laughs) It's not Vanessa. (laughs) So the next morning, Maddie wakes up and he's like, amazing sex. Female jocks are awesome. Uh, And she's like, "Uh, can you personalize this a little bit? And she really doesn't seem that into it. 
but she does seem into his like giant bathroom. He's clearly very wealthy. His whole setup. Honestly, same. He also has like a stash of toothbrushes just ready for all his lady guests to use, along with a closet full of zip-up hoodies in all sizes for whoever might be staying the night. (laughs) Ugh. And she says it's repulsive. And I'm like, yes, agreed. And he's like, I'm just being a good host. I feel like they were possibly like juicy couture velour tracksuits, which was all the rage. Oh, yeah. And still relevant in 2010 even. Did you ever have one? Because I never did. And it was a travesty. Oh, no. No. I think I had like really a, wanted one. I think I had like a very fake pair of sweatpants that could kind of like be in that vein, but it was not a full tracksuit and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't juicy. Didn't have juicy on the butt? No, oh no. My parents would not have allowed that. I feel like the brown one always went on sale. And so that <laughs> turned out to be like the most common yes. item people wearing brown velour pants and sweatshirt like how ugly but it was juicy baby it was juicy juicy gotta have it (laughs) were they bejeweled I I like feel like I'm seeing them bejeweled in my head yes 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 (sighs) nothing like an early 2000s bejeweling right right and they were low rise they were low rise fitted sweats why (laughs) no one wants that no oh it's so bad I'm putting sweatpants on I don't want to know what size my body is. No. Agreed. I just want to be like a morphed item Wrap of me cotton. Up. Yes. You know, just like the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> yes, please. So Lisa's like totally repulsed by this. She's about to storm out, but then she kind of takes a mental note of why she's being this way and she apologizes to him. She realizes she's really stressed out because the list for next year's team hasn't come out yet and she's worried she's going to get cut. Meanwhile, we learn a little bit more about George. He works for his father, who's played by Jack Nicholson, and their company is being investigated for stock fraud. If you remember from our last episode, we don't know much about this, but we know it's bad. I don't know about you, but every time I do my taxes, I'm like, well, they're going to come for me because I did something (laughs) wrong for sure. I'm like a a very law-abiding citizen, and I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, somehow I'm sure I've evaded... I've I've committed tax fraud, 100%. On accident, yes. If they came to my door and said, you've committed stock fraud, I'd say, honestly, I probably did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know how, but I probably did it. <laughs> oh, man. So George shows his dad the subpoena, and they both claim to know nothing about it. George calls in his assistant, Annie, who's played by none other than Catherine Hahn. Mm. And his dad is just, like, tearing George apart for being irresponsible for bringing on this lawsuit, even though George is like, I I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. And Annie tries to defend George. She's, like, in the room. She doesn't say a word when she enters. But her Catherine Hahn's body language is, like, so expressive that it is just full KH energy in silence, which is honestly what a skill. It is so good. I love her so much. You should watch The Shrink Next Door, which Paul Rudd is also in with Will Ferrell, based on a true story. It's on Apple TV+. Yes, I've been wanting to watch this. We just finished it, and Catherine Hahn plays Will Ferrell's sister. <sighs> Stop. Yes, you should watch it. Okay, yes. that sounds amazing. All right, back to it. 
That evening, George's girlfriend, the one he wanted to kind of see things through with, ends up breaking up with him and says she doesn't really want to deal with him until he's problem-free given this lawsuit. So then we see a montage of sad George being perfectly Paul Rudd. He like grills a steak and then throws it off a balcony, makes a Bloody Mary, watches TV, sings into a lamp, just like total sad Paul Rudd. And then you realize how much you love him. (laughs) Yeah. It evokes a certain emotion. Yes. So after some encouragement from Annie, George calls Lisa and asks her on a dinner date. Now it's her turn to say that she's kind of seeing someone, but that they can still have a meal together. So they make a date for the next day. That morning, Lisa finds out that she's been replaced on the USA women's team. And she's just trying not to cry while she gets ready for the day. She cries for like a minute and then pulls herself together. It's honestly like so admirable. And her teammates come to her house. They're encouraging her. And she kind of takes the high road here and tells them not to feel sad for her or act differently around her. It's just so sweet. Her cry acting is honestly always so good, but she has a couple really good moments in this movie. Yes, agreed. And I also love that her character has like really positive little post-it notes (gasps) all over her mirror. Like she's like just such a positive, encouraging person. Yes, agreed. She's got like her affirmations up there and Mm -hmm. motivational notes. When Lisa arrives at the restaurant for their date that night, George is not looking well. They're both obviously having, like, one of the worst days of their lives, respectively. She ends up being, like, surprisingly upbeat. We just talked about how positive she is. And she tells him that the worst days make the best days better and that it'll be okay. He is, on the other hand, like, so melancholy, though, does not share the same positive attitude. No. And he just, like, wants to essentially drown his sorrows in a drink. But Lisa says she follows her dad's rule on drinking, which is don't ever drink to feel better, drink to feel even better, which is pretty good advice. Yeah, that's solid life advice. George kind of ends up being a little bit insane, like he's venting about everything. And finally, Lisa's kind of like, I don't even know you, dude. She like stops him, insists that they both be quiet for the meal. (laughs) And at the end of the meal, George is kind of feeling better and he thanks her saying this was just what he needed. I don't know which one of them says it. I think it's Lisa tells him to take care, Mm. which is, in my opinion, the most ruthless way to say goodbye to someone in person, in email. It is like a (laughs) – to me, that is like such a backhanded passive thing to say. Really? Take take care. Yeah. I I don't know why. That's so funny. I honestly don't know if I've ever said that to anyone. I feel like it is unusual. Have you ever seen the like email signature – like normal, terrible, evil. Yes, yes, yes. Take care is always like (laughs) most evil. And I will whip that out occasionally if I'm feeling sassy at work. Take care. (laughs) That's when I'm like, we're done here. We're done. Lisa goes to a barbecue with Maddie and tells him that she got cut and can't eat anything. She's just too sad. So he reluctantly leaves with her. And she talks about this plan that she has for her life to go to grad school and work. And she's kind of coming to terms with the fact that this time comes for every professional athlete. And Maddie, not too helpful here, is like, well, that's never going to happen for me. Then he realizes she's upset. So he tries to make her feel better, but he's like super incoherent, like not really able to deliver like a good, solid, positive message. And she reacts by just saying he's sweet, which seems to terrify him. But she seems to mean it. Maddie, who plays on the Washington Nationals, is talking with his teammates, and they basically convince him that he's in love with Lisa. So he calls Lisa literally while he's training and invites her to move in with him. Like, there's, there's a big leap here. 
And he's like, I caught myself mid-game wishing that you were in the bullpen with me. (laughs) And they talk about how it's kind of crazy, but she agrees. Okay, Owen Wilson is weird because he's so... (laughs) lovable, but I never find him to be like the love interest, you know? I'm never Mm -hmm. like, yeah, choose Owen Wilson. Right. Never. No. I will say I just watched Marry Me and I can get, he's very, you know, cuddly in that movie. So I get it. But there's just something about him where I'm like, I'm, I, I don't, I'm never like fully on team Owen, you know? No, he's not for me. He's going to be the guy for the side character to end up with. You know what I mean? Not the main character. Yeah. It's like he, he always has some learning and growing to do. I think that's why that's the characters he plays. Like they all have like so much potential. But he always is, like, not quite reaching it, right? And then the love interest usually goes to somebody else. But, like, in Marley and Me, Mm. he is this great guy. But I'm still, like... You still aren't into him in Marley and Me. Yeah, I'm like, I still don't think Jennifer Aniston should be with you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just not all in. And in Marry Me, I'm like, J-Lo's picking this guy? Really? (laughs) I think the plot of that one made it a little bit more believable for Mary Me. That's true, because he's literally a rando, but, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. It just never takes me all the way there. Yeah, I agree to an extent. I almost feel like they could have, well, I don't know. I feel like they potentially could have swapped Paul Rudd and Owen Wilson in this movie. Paul Rudd could have been the baseball player, but then he wouldn't be the, like, super lovable guy. Yeah, I don't see that as much. To me, it makes more sense for Paul Rudd to be a professional athlete. I think that's where that comes in. That's I hilarious. Know. I don't know. Don't listen to me. I'm COVID. <laughs> oh. So Lisa, God lover, packs up to move in with Maddie despite all of her friends' warnings. Like, you don't really know this guy. You've not been dating that long, et cetera, et cetera. And she moves in with a bunch of her stuff and they talk about how they're going to make space for it, which is like a little bit weird because they've implied that he's very wealthy. He has this giant bathroom and now suddenly they have no space like for two people's stuff. His ginormous apartment literally has a foyer. Yeah. Like, come on. It's not even an apartment at that point. Yeah. Make it a little more believable. Yeah. Meanwhile, Annie shows up to George's new tiny apartment with a ton of food that she's cooked for him. They have just this really sweet friendship. She's dying to tell him what's happening at work, but he doesn't want her to tell him and implicate herself because basically in the eyes of the law, George is the bad guy right now. And in order to protect Annie, she shouldn't say anything to him, you know? Yeah. And didn't he have to like move to this small apartment because of the legal thing His like dad couldn't pay his legal fees. The board wasn't going to pay for it. So he's like essentially going broke trying to fight this. Exactly. He had to give up everything to pay the legal bills. And George goes to see his dad, who hints that they're probably going to indict him. And interestingly, George and Lisa end up in the same elevator, and it turns out that George's dad lives in the same building as Maddie, because obviously they're both very wealthy. And Lisa's super happy that she ran into him so that she could apologize to him for their date. George starts to apologize to her for not calling, and right then, Maddie walks in, and he, like, gets super upset that she asked someone in without asking him, which is, like, red red flags. Yep. (laughs) And he tells her that she's missing the obvious, that this is his place. Mm -mm, And she's like, excuse me? Like, no, no. So she... Take care. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets super upset and grabs all of her bags and leaves. Good for you, Lisa. Seriously. 
George meets Lisa outside, realizing that there's some tension going on there. Like, they did not hide that. (laughs) And she asks him if he lives nearby so that she can charge her phone. And they decide to get drunk, but she asks him to not try anything since she has a boyfriend. And he very respectfully agrees and is, like, stoked to just hang out with her. It is so cute. He's just, like, grateful for the opportunity. Yes. And it's just, like, the most Paul Rudd, you know? So Paul Rudd. So Paul Rudd. He, like, wants to get her whatever she wants to drink. Yes. He just wants to cater to her. It's so cute. Just puppy vibes. Uh, Sweet, sweet Paul Rudd. On the other hand, we have Maddie, who's calling Lisa incessantly, leaving her a bunch of voicemails, running the whole gamut of approaches to the situation. We see him mad, sad, apologetic, like crying, annoyed, (laughs) trying to be reasonable, then flirty, like just trying everything in the book. (laughs) And Lisa's just not taking his calls. George and Lisa chat the whole night, and he's totally transfixed as she talks about all of her thoughts and feelings. And she's worried because she only has this one thing that she's good at, softball. And she's never been that interested in marriage or having babies, and she thinks that girls who talk about that all the time are just pretending. And she's a little bit worried that she's not going to be fulfilled in whatever she does next in life. Mm -hmm. She then asks George what kind of trouble he's in. And he puts it very simply and says he's unemployed, single, broke, and the target of a federal investigation. Kind of buried (laughs) the lead there. Yeah. And she's like, well, you haven't let anything break your spirit. And he says that she's given him temporary amnesia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he can, but part of me likes to believe that Paul Rudd just can't get angry. (laughs) It is really hard to imagine that. Like, actually angry. Right, right. Like, not in a funny situation. Can you imagine Paul Rudd being disappointed in you? That seems like it would be so hurtful. That would be so sad. I would, uh, that would hurt. He is on the list of top people you don't want to disappoint. Absolutely. For sure. So Maddie continues to call and beg Lisa to come back. She somehow agrees because Maddie, I guess, is charming. And Mm. George overhears this and is super disappointed, but he doesn't let it show and just like very nicely offers to help her get a cab. As she's leaving, she tells George that no matter what, they can always be friends. And George cheerily says, I will take you up on that, but still kind of flirts with her as she leaves, like leaving her with a little something, something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. George ends up confronting his father, asking if he was the one who fabricated earnings and is framing him for it. And his father gets super defensive, so obviously yes. (laughs) And his dad tells him that he was convicted of some petty crime when he was a teen, and if he gets convicted again, he'll be a repeat offender and get 25 to life. But if George is convicted, he'll only get three years. So essentially, he's like guilting George into taking the fall. Also, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. But it also seems kind of BS, really. You were convicted of a petty crime when you were a teenager and, like, over, what, 40 or 50 years have passed, and now you're getting 25 to life. Right. Like, that's like I feel like even believable. that's a lie. Yeah, 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 which it might be. So Maddie is leaving for work one morning, and Lisa catches him texting someone and gets a little bit suspicious and uneasy, and she asks if they're monogamous, which, side note, I feel like should have been a question to ask before moving in together. One of many, but yeah. Right. And he's like, yeah, essentially. (laughs) And then he offers. He's like, well, I'd be willing to give up the anonymous sex if it bothers her, as if that doesn't count. To him, it doesn't. Yeah, it's so weird. And he, like, totally gaslights her in this situation to make her think that it's odd that she wants these things. Right, right. (laughs) So she realizes this, and she tells him that she's moving out again. And he's like, no, I'll be monogamous. You're going to be monogamous. Like, it'll be fine. Lisa ends up at George's apartment again and calls him from outside. 
I love this scene because... Oh, this is great. Yes. She calls him from outside. She, like, goes there without thinking and then realizes it and calls him. And he hears her through the window and through the phone. And so he looks out and can see her at his place. And he's, like, super excited that she came there. And she asks if they can hang out that night. And she says that she'll be there in 30 minutes, even though he can see that she's right outside. Yeah. This is, like, the cutest scene. I love it. And I love that he does not immediately call her on it either yeah he's like yes, like yeah, he, great I'll, I'll see you in 30 minutes yes like he lets her he like knows for whatever reason she wants him not to know that she's already there <laughs> it's yeah. so sweet so i guess 30 minutes later she knocks on the door and starts word vomiting about how everything is falling apart and george grabs her covers her mouth says no lip service don't give words to what's falling apart right now oh george so sweet While they're hanging out, George gets a call from Annie saying that she had her baby because she was pregnant. I don't know if we mentioned that. And she invites him to come to see her at the hospital and says that he can bring a friend, like indicating she knows that he's been hanging out with Lisa. Mm -hmm. And Lisa reluctantly agrees to go, even though it's like a little bit weird because she doesn't know her. Yeah. And we just then get a little more insight into George's character when he goes to see Annie and the baby because he's so sweet to her, like just making really sweet comments about how Annie is the best mom, stuff like that. And then Annie says the baby's father is coming. And at first, George's dad walks in with gifts. And George is like, no. (laughs) But then the real dad walks in. Oh, my God. I cannot imagine a work environment in which I would want my boss or my boss's boss or even my friend's stranger friend to come see me in hospital room after my baby is born. Absolutely not. At family only. I'd be like, no paparazzi. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, sorry, Girl Crush fans. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So real baby daddy comes in. His name is Al. And he gives George a camcorder and asks him to record. He gets on a knee, professes his love for Annie and the baby, and then eventually proposes to her after making this really, really cute speech. But then they realize that George forgot to press record. Classic. So Lisa steps in with her positivity and, like, directs everyone to re-say what they had said, kind of reminding them of all the exact quotes. And they piece it together. And Lisa and George are all in their feels. And so am I watching this. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. And Lisa tells George that she and Maddie are still working on things but not living together. And she says Maddie's throwing her birthday party the next day and says that George can come. Meanwhile, George goes to his dad's apartment where there's a team of lawyers, and George basically says that if he does not have a chance with Lisa, then he will go to jail for his dad. But if he has any chance at all with her, he won't. Which I'm like, do you really feel like you have nothing else? High stakes. Yeah. At the birthday party, before it starts, Maddie gives Lisa this diamond watch, and she's, like, taking so long to open the package that he just jumps in and opens it for her, which kind of throws her off. And the watch is, like, not really her style. He tells her it's, like, a pre-engagement present. She's not that into it. He goes, my father gave my mother a watch, and boom, seven years later, they're engaged. And then George arrives with a gift hand-wrapped in a paper bag, and she thanks him for not rushing her as she opens it. And it turns out to be a tub of Play-Doh. I love the juxtaposition of their gift wrapping and style of opening. Yes. The difference between the two men. It's, I feel like that is a summary of their characters in and of itself. Right, right. So George tells her the story of how Play-Doh was invented and why he got this gift for her. And he tells her to keep this for a long time as proof that everyone is just one small adjustment away from making their lives work. 
This really, really touches her. It's a very meaningful gift, even though it doesn't cost a lot of money. She gets teary, thanks him, and walks away. She tells Maddie things are moving too quickly with him and that she's going to hang out with George for a while. And Maddie seems to understand what this means. She's kind of breaking things off with him. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, George's dad, remember he lives in the same building, sees George alone outside and then sees Lisa walk up. George asks if she's hungry, and she says always, and then he grabs her and kisses her, and she seems so relieved to be in his arms and just kind of, like, melts into him as if everything in the world is right. It's so cute. Mm, I love it. She tells George she thought he was a silly guy, but now everything but him seems silly. She's like, am I making sense? And he's like, I think I know what you mean. You love me too. Ah, you know what's funny, though? She literally just broke up with Maddie because things were moving too fast, and then immediately goes outside and tells another man she's in love with him. Yes. I'm like, (laughs) okay. Okay. But that's, I mean, maybe it's like clearly it didn't feel right with Maddie. It's not necessarily a matter of how fast it's moving. It's like where her feelings are. I mean, I get that. Come on, Anne. (laughs) Get sucked up in the love story. No, you're right though. (laughs) But Paul Rudd is just so lovable. He... Okay, this is going to be a way far callback. Okay. But in our proposal episode from season two. I'm with you. You hated Gertrude because she stares at people too intently <laughs> when they speak. And I feel like so Paul does that, but it's like in a way that is so lovable yes. and rare. And you're just like, what a great quality. But when Gertrude it's does unlike it, it's Gertrude. Like, <laughs> yeah, somehow it works. Because he's Paul Rudd. (laughs) He's also not trying to steal your man, so. (laughs) True. True. (laughs) So, yeah, the movie ends with them getting on the bus together there. Yeah, the end. It's very lovable. The cast is so fun. We've got Reese, Owen Wilson, Paul Rudd, Jack Nicholson, Catherine Hahn. Like, so much fun. It's like if every Jennifer Aniston movie got together and made a movie baby. (laughs) Yes. It's a shame she's not in it, honestly. honestly really is. That would be full circle. Yeah. And, I mean, we've already talked about it a lot. Paul Rudd is just a gem. Yeah. And, you know, though I don't think Owen Wilson is the number one love interest ever, he's like Vince Vaughn in that he is Mm. always Owen Wilson. And, honestly, Jason Bateman is always Jason Bateman. Right, right, right. And with Owen, I'm like, I love it. I'm mildly annoyed by it, but I mostly love it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he plays that role for a reason. Yes. And, yeah, he, he adds to the movie. Yeah, he does. He does. I, going into this, really thought it was going to be one of those, like, multiple storylines in one movie kind of movie. Like, he's just not that into mm, you or something mm-hmm. like that. Was pleasantly surprised that it isn't. Because yes, usually I usually I don't, like, don't those. like those. Yeah. So that was nice in this one that they actually all kind of, like, meld together and you're really just following Lisa throughout the whole right, thing. Right, right. Agreed. I also love George and Annie's friendship. I feel like it's really sweet to see like a guy-girl friendship on screen that is totally platonic. Like at first you wonder like, is this going to be some subplot, like other romance or something? And it's not. It's just like a very sweet relationship. Friendship, I should say. I know. I love it. Yeah. Because I feel like that's really rare too because you kind of expected her to cause drama. Right, right. She doesn't. Also, Paul Rudd's character in Object of My Affection is also named George. Oh, it kind of works for him. It does. I feel like he could have been named George Rudd and it would have been fine. Yeah, especially like 10 plus years ago. I feel like he's had a recent glow up where maybe maybe George is like a little too plain for him now. Well, I mean, George Clooney is aging like fine wine. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. But George on Paul Rudd feels different than George on George Clooney. I don't know why. Hmm. What if George Clooney was named Paul Clooney? Mm, can't see that either. <laughs> 
It's a no from me. It's a no. For, let's leave them named as is. I can't believe that this only has a 24% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like if you okay. are in the niche target yeah. audience for this, how would you not like it? Right. And I'm like, what are you people expecting when you put on a movie like this? I like, don't know. This bothers me so much. What are, where are your standards? The standards for a movie like this are different from the standards of like a really intense drama or, you know, a sci-fi or any other type of movie. It's just like, I feel like I rate it on a different standard. You know what I mean? Totally. I'm like, don't turn on an Owen Wilson, Paul Rudd, cheesy <laughs> yes. rom-com and be upset that it's not like the Godfather. What are you expecting? Right, right, don't right, go, right. Don't go, don't set yourself up for disappointment. Exactly. Is there anything you didn't like about this movie? Well, I mean, I already told you, I keep mixing this up in my head with this means war. So that, that oh, yeah, but this my, is better. My main sure. complaint. Yeah. I, I guess, well, never mind. We'll get to it with her character. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of her character, of Lisa, we gave Lisa an 8 out of 10. We spoke to how she's, like, super positive. I also think she's just, like, a very self-aware individual. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times throughout this movie where she pauses and reflects on how and why she's feeling that way. Yes, she's so reflective. In the moment and to kind of, like, correct her actions. And I think that also speaks to why she was so valued on her team as well, as a leader on her team. Yes. She just seems like a really good role model and example. Yeah, I love that. Also, we kind of talked about this, like, but her positivity is so sweet. She has all these post-it notes on her mirror with the inspirational messages. And I don't know, it's just like very, very sweet. Mm -hmm. She is so non-judgy of anyone. And I feel like that is a good thing. Where I feel like that is a bit of a miss for me is with Maddie because Mm. there's multiple times in the movie where he is like, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? She's like, no, no, you're great. Even though he's clearly said and done things where it's like, well, that wasn't so great. Right. Like that wasn't right that you said that. Yeah. So she's not maybe... She's not very confrontational. Right, right, right. Which is maybe part of it, but she just seems to like put all of the onus on herself where she's like, oh, well, I'm feeling this way. Right. So, you know, you can act however you want and it's fine. And it's like, well, it's not fine because you're in a relationship and he's not treating you the right way, but okay. Yeah. And she kind of gives him like the benefit of the doubt maybe a little too often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I will say, though, the fact that she does go back to him a couple of times after he does do things that are not so great, I think it makes her character maybe a little bit more realistic and believable because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, unfortunately, people do that in relationships and they do, like, accept that things have happened that aren't at the level of treatment that they deserve. Yeah. Um, So I think it makes her relatable in that way. I think if she just left him right away it'd be like a little bit unrealistic. Yeah. And something that's interesting is obviously the pay gap between a professional softball player and a professional baseball player here Mm, because mm -hmm. Maddie has way more money than her. But it's kind of interesting. Like she is not driven by his money or his fame. I think they're connected through their love of this sport. Yeah. And that's what initially draws her to him in the first place. And she's not like trying to stick it out with him because he's a payday. She's, like, trying to see their relationship through because it's something she committed to. Right, Which right. is, a, you know, obviously a different perspective than yeah. maybe some other characters we see. Right, right. It's admirable in that way. Mm-hmm. So, overall, I really liked her. I think she's a stand-up gal. Yeah, agreed. She's very likable. I think the only way we could have rated her higher than an eight is if she hadn't have gone back to Maddie those couple of times. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I mean, like, obviously she deals with this big career bombshell. Mm-hmm. And she talks about what she's going to do. But, like, we don't really see, like, that part of her story arc. Yeah, that's true. The story arc here is more about her love life versus yeah, her, yeah, like, yeah. personal journey. Right. We don't get to see that growth. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that would have added another, like, factor to the movie. Yeah, I agree. But there wasn't time for that. <laughs> it's true. So for her acting in this, we gave her an 8.5 out of 10. I think this is like kind of classic Reese Witherspoon. She shines in a role like this. She's very relatable, feels super comfortable. And I feel like the way that she plays this role makes her feel very approachable. It just seems real. Yeah. And I think I mentioned earlier a few of her tear scenes in this. Mm. There's this one part where she's on her way to the date with George. Yes. And I don't know when we watched this movie, but I can still picture this scene in my mind because I thought it was so good. (sighs) She's walking to this date with George and she's like trying to pull herself together. And she's standing there like waiting to cross a crosswalk or something like one tear escapes. And she kind of like rolls her eyes and rubs her face like she's annoyed that she's still crying. Yes. And that emotion is so relatable. It is. To be like, oh, stop crying. I don't want to cry anymore. Why am I still crying? I need to pull it together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I just thought she, like, got that across so well. Yes, so true. I also thought her real tears, after she saw the list, she's, like, brushing her teeth, and she's got these real tears, and it's just this whole mood, again, so relatable, so convincing. Everyone's been there. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I think she has good chemistry with Paul Rudd, and we did a March Madness co-star bracket, and... Paul Rudd was voted as best Reese Witherspoon co-star. Yes. Oh, yeah. I do really like them together. Mm -hmm. They're fun. They have like similar energy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That positive, kind of goofy. Quirky. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. I feel like they'd, obviously they'd be fun to hang out with, but I feel like they'd be like really fun to hang out with. Yeah, totally. And our whiskey teacup score, which is our bonus category this season, we had to give Lisa a zero out of two. It's just yeah. not overly sassy. She's like sweet and positive. Yeah. There's not really any big moments in here that scream sass. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we could argue for a 0.5, but we didn't. So no, like she's, she's more like a glass of wine. I feel like. Mm, yes. You oh, know, a rosé perhaps. Yes. Yes. Sweet. Got a little bubble. Sparkling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sounds delightful. <laughs> oh, she's like a, she's an Aperol spritz. Yeah. Wow. You're so right. That would Mm. be kind of fun to like assign each. We do this all the time. We're like, here's (laughs) another aspect of the podcast we should do. Assign each least character a drink. I think at one point a long time ago in a Sandra Bullock season, we were like, we're going to make a prediction on where these characters are now. And even had feedback from listeners of like, that's a great idea. And then we just didn't do it. Nope. We didn't. Nope. But if I had to say, I would say Lisa is a youth softball coach yes. now and possibly a gym teacher. Like a, she's a teacher, the youth, okay. you know? Okay, okay. That's a back of the napkin prediction, but. Okay, and she is she married to George? Yeah, of course. Yes. She doesn't have to work because his dad's in prison, so he's inherited the company. But yes. she does. She's yes. fulfilled by her career. She's fulfilled, yeah. I like it. And her students are her children. She doesn't want to. <sighs> yeah, you're right. I could see it. So for Would You Watch Again, unsurprisingly, we gave this a five out of five. We both said we'd watch this one again. I wish I'd bought it. I know. So to review for How Do You Know, we gave the plot an 8.25 out of 10, Reese's character Lisa an 8 out of 10, 
Reese's acting an 8.5 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score of 0 out of 2, a would you watch again score of 5 out of 5, for a total score of 29.75 points out of 37 points, which means that How Do You Know is just outside of the top 10 and ranked at number 11. Yes. So good. I love it. I love having, listen, I may be biased, but I like having a solid mix of movie genres yes. in our rankings. Like Me too. N- not all the dramas are at the top. No, no. We are movie ratings for the real people. We are not the Oscars. <laughs> for the people. <laughs> for the people. By the people. For real. Yeah. So good. As always, thanks for listening to Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or on TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Wildflower. Bye. Bye.